In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Tampa Bay. Good morning, Jack, in London. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm grateful. I decided just to go to bed and not watch the game. So uh, I've got up this morning rather than staying up till like 4, 4.30 in the morning to watch that. I uh, had a nice long sleep and then watched the game in 40 minutes this morning. Well, I'm out in Greece, mate, and it's two hour difference. When you have to wait till 2.30 and you're on your own, it gets a lot more tougher, trust me. 2.30 finishes about 5.36. And I'm going to be really honest, listeners, I watched the first half and then I fell asleep. So I've watched it in the 40-minute uh, catch-up. I've watched most of it last night. And, um, yeah, Jack, I think it's going to be a fun review. So uh, let's just start off with a first question. How did you rate the offence out of 10? Out of 10, it's, it's not going to be pretty. Um, I'm going to go a two. I'm going to be really a harsh. A two. Come on, mate. It's got to be more than a two, surely. Well, we... Baker, 10 for 26. Stanton, three for six. Blau, three for seven. And a collection of 72, 37 and 23 yards. It was pitiful. There was an interception, but the interception was fine. It was an irrelevant throw anyway. Um, so I'm not marking anyone down for that. Um, the running game didn't get going either. Um, it was averaging two and 2.2 yards. It was uh, woeful. I, I don't think there is any other word, but I don't really care, in all honesty. Um, it's not something I'm worried about. Um, it will be fine. Um, but hey, I, I, I was really impressed, actually, with the um, cornerbacks for the um, DBs for the Tampa. Um, it's something they needed to work on, and they've done it. Um, Carlton Davis is a great player. They've picked up some other good players. Um, so no, I, I was... Good for them. Um, I know it's something they needed to fix, but hey, it, it's all good. I'm not worried in the slightest, but yeah, it was woeful, so it deserves a two. Yeah, I'm going to go with a four out of ten. I thought Willie's, I thought Strong didn't have his best of games. I think Baker over for a, a few times. Um, Hunt made a little bit of movement. The O-line didn't look that great. I think the biggest thing for me was, obviously there's a lot of hype with the Browns at the moment, and it was a bit of a wake-up call. I respect and understand it was our, mainly our second team versus our first team, but it did show that we're not unstoppable. We're not perfect with the offense. And yes, we didn't have Landry, didn't have Odell Beckham, no Chubb. Um, and Dooku and yet we were throwing it most of the time we didn't really get our running game going at all um, but yeah there were some good things it, I think the night didn't work for us I don't know if it was the heat yeah 
It's pre-season. At the end of the day, you're not going to put your body on the line and go and make plays and do things that you wouldn't do in the regular season if you're one of those starters and better players. Obviously, if you're a fringe guy that's fighting for the roster spot, you're going to go further. But that, And that's perfectly fine. I'm not worried. Um, I don't take much in the uh, pre-season games anyway. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, the offense wasn't firing, but the defense certainly was. That D-line, wow. They are. They were just dialing it back and going, and they were causing absolute carnage. I know the Bucks O line isn't that great, but um, they were phenomenal. All right, well, let's just go with the two then, just to be uh, diplomatic with our offense. We'll Smack in the middle. Oh, mate, you're so nice, mate. Um, let's go for a three then. Defense. What are you giving the defense? I'm going to give the defense. Oh, let's have a little look. So any interceptions or anything? I'm just trying to remember. No, it was just a lot of pass defense. There was no pick sixes, so it can't be a 10. No. Um, I'm going to go nine, an eight, an eight or nine for the defense, but I'm going to give the D-line an 11. They were that good. I'm going to break the wow. scale. I'm going to give that D-line an 11. Mate, you can't give the D-line 11 if they don't get a pick six. The D-line don't, isn't responsible for a pick six. That's the DBs. They got a lot of sacks. I think it was seven sacks in the end. They were phenomenal. They were dialing it back. They were causing absolute carnage. I think for a D-line 10, Miles has got to get the ball, run to the other end and do a somersault. It's fair. But, um, mate, I agree. I, I think at half time it was six sacks, I think, um, when I started uh, snoozing off to sleep. Um, there was one stat at one point when it was 18 plays, four sacks, which was amazing. I, I thought, yeah, our D-line looked amazing. All four of all four of them looked scary. Um, blitzing, Curtsy was in there. Yeah, uh, Smith, I thought, had a great game. And people have been talking about him being on the bubble. I think he did himself no, uh, no uh, problems last, last night at all. Yeah, the one thing about Smith I want to look at is um, I need to sit there and you obviously need to watch that game a few times is just to find out where he's taking snaps because I would like to see him as the backup three tech. Um, I would slide him in there and see what he can do just because if you're looking on the outside, if you've got Garrett, Vernon, um, they're going to keep Chad Thomas. You've got Zettel, you've got Avery, you've got Smith. That's six. You can keep five. Some teams would keep four. I would slide Smith inside and then you can keep him as well. So that'd be a six. And then you add Ogunjobi, you add Richardson, and then you add whoever's going to be a backup one tech. And that gives you your nine. So um, I, I need to rewatch it and see if they gave Smith any work inside. But that's what I'd really like to see. Mm. But yeah, it looked, um, looked really good. What about the... I saw that um, Burnett was starting... So I think that's a sign that he will, on the first few snaps, he will be out there with uh, Randall. Um, yeah, anything you thought about our cornerbacks? Um, they were okay. Um, I, th I think they just need to sort of, they're, they're toying with different ideas. I think the thing that I'm really excited to see is how they balance the TJ Carey, the um, Whitehead and um, Murray because they can all do different things within the um, a nickel package. If you're looking to do sort of 
big nickel with three safeties, you're probably putting in carry. If you want to do some other stuff, you've got the other two. You've got Burris as well, who I think was really good. Um, he's been injured, I think, the last two games. But um, he's looking as one that could be useful in the future, maybe. If they move on sort of TJ Carey next year, he can come in and fill in that rotation as well. Um, Red Wine, I don't, I haven't seen any injury reports or anything from the game, but I think it was the penultimate play or the play before they scored on a kick right at the end. It looked like he injured his hand. Um, it's hard when you're watching the game in 40 because it doesn't really cover any injuries or anything. But if he is injured, I wonder if the Browns will make the move and try to put him straight across to injured reserve just because. He needs that more time and sticking him there just means he's not taking a roster spot as well. Yeah, TJ Carey actually has been a a little bit injured recently, so I'm not sure how he's doing. Um, One player is uh, TJ uh, Haskett, Hassel. I wonder if he's going to make the roster just as if TJ Carey's injured in a couple of weeks or... I don't think he will. I think he's probably, um, I think, is he a rookie? Year one player? I I think he'll make the uh, practice squad. Yeah. But it is interesting that we are talking now only a week away until the Browns have to make their uh, 53-man roster. So half of that team's basically going to go. Yeah, so you'll basically know whoever the starters are next game they're likely to be the group that probably aren't going to make it because anyone they know is definitely going to make it. It's probably getting uh, benched and then um, they'll just look after them. So if anyone plays at least half a game next week, they're mm. making the roster. Mm. Yeah, I think Zettel's one name that is on the bubble now. I think if uh, Smith keeps having good games, do you think uh, Zettel makes the roster? I hope he does. Um but I could easily see the case where you've got Chad Thomas, Avery, Smith, and um, Zettel, and only three of those make the roster. I would happily keep the four slide Smith inside, but um, I think they're sort of all competing on the depth chart where that lines up because everyone knows the starters, Garrett's and Vernon. Um, Garrett's obviously a monster. Vernon's coming in, and I think he's going to do some good stuff. But where the rest of them four shake up and which order they come on the depth chart, no one knows. And will they just move Smith on to save that little bit of money? I At this stage, I'm not sure, but um, I would happily flip him inside. The guy that saves my hair being shaved off, Lawrence, he's had three sacks in two pre-games. I think he's on the roster now. Um, I think he's got a shot. They have... I think most of them been in the fourth quarter, which you have to then take with a pinch of salt um, because anyone playing in the fourth quarter is battling for a roster spot. Um, so I, I think he's got a, uh, I think he's got a shot. He might be that other guy that makes the inside. It might just be they go with Lawrence and um, Coley, but um, who knows? We'll see. There, there's lots of different options they can take. So summing up the defence, I thought it reminded me the same as Baker's first preseason drive with the Colts. They were just it was just unstoppable. I felt our D line looked like something like that. It was just unstoppable to start with, and uh, was really excited to watch. I think an eight a fair number for the defence. Yeah, no, uh, 
works for me. I think the interesting thing was it was the amount of pressure because sacks always a misleading stat. There are, uh, it's a pointless number to look at ranking your defense. Um, I know they're important for the game, but the chances of getting a sack on each snap is just very, very low. Whereas you start looking at pressures, they were panicking. Every time they snapped the ball, whoever was in a quarterback for Tampa was panicking because there was just people flying at them. And it wasn't because we were dialing up pressure and doing lots of blitzes, which is really good to see. We were rushing four and causing carnage. So I'm really, really happy with where the D-line's at. Mm. Now, this could be a big moment. I think this could be the first ever time on the show where the special team is not the bottom or not higher than the offence. So, Jack, what are we going to go with the special team? Has it even had over five before? Because it was woeful last season. I think it's ever had over five, no. Well, I'm going to uh, go out there and I'm going to say, I'm going to also go with an eight. An eight, Jack? Yep. You are generous today, mate. I'm like, this is like a new season, new Jack. Austin Siebert, four for four with a long of 54. Um, six punts from the Scottish Hammer with an average of 47.8 with three of them dropping inside the 20 with the longest at 54 as well. Mate, I was, I was going to go with a six. Um, I like the way that we were uh, putting a lot of pressure on their pump returns. I was really impressed with that. There were some times where I thought they just got a bit too far with their returns. So yeah, I'm going to go with a six out of 10. But um, I think the kicker battle sounds really bizarre, has now been made up just by that one game. Oh, it, it swings like crazy. Um, lots of the returns, I was actually really, really impressed with some because what I was seeing from the kickoffs is exactly where I want the ball to be placed. About two to five yards inside the end zone, which tempts the team to run out with it. So they'll get what seems like a quite long return, but most of the time they're not even hitting the 25-yard line. So for me, that... That is the perfect kickoff I want. Um, I just the data isn't really there for me to do sort of a look at who can kick off the best and kick it to that sort of one to five yards inside the end zone because any team that runs that ball out is a bunch of idiots. Um, and I include the Browns in it, and I will be calling the Browns out every time they do it this season. If the ball's in the end zone, leave it in the end zone, take the free 25 yards, even if it goes for a touchdown. Across the season, you're going to have more fumbles and you're going to have touchdowns. You're going to have more um, lost yards and gained yards. So uh, it's not worth doing. But the kicking was perfect. Um, it wasn't just like Greg Joseph last year was getting the ball through the posts, but it looked a little unorthodox at times, to say the least. This stuff was uh, more or less straight down the middle. Uh, it looked really good. I was surprised because everything I've heard from the last week is how well Greg Joseph has been doing. So why it was just purely um, Austin and Jamie was unusual, but who knows? Maybe a decision has been made and they want to give him a go and then maybe they'll give Greg Joseph the whole next game and then make a decision. Yeah, maybe it's simple as that, mate. Maybe it's not nice going one kick to another kick. If you know you've got all the kicks the whole evening, maybe your mindset's a little bit different. Yeah, no, I think it's a much better way to do it. Um, by all means, rotate it up and practice and let them kick, 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 kick. But um, no, I, I think it's one where uh, next week we'll just see the whole game from Greg Joseph. Um, and everyone knows what Colquitt can do. So it's up to uh, the Scottish Hammer to prove his worth. 
It'd be interesting to know who was holding the ball for Austin every time. I believe it was Jamie, but I, I couldn't quote that on all of them. Okay. Well, Jack, are we in a situation where we should be celebrating that we didn't win a preseason game? No, I, I don't really care about the result, in all honesty. I'd like to have beaten um, Adam from uh, Five Yard Rush, who's a Tampa fan and our uh, good friend. But, um, hey, these things happen. So, uh, yeah, I, the only thing I'm celebrating is I've got a good night's sleep so I can go to the football tonight. And then I've got another NFL fantasy draft this evening. So uh, it's all go, go, go. Well, I feel I've matured a year. I'm not that bothered that we've lost a preseason. I know we think we should win everything. And, um, yeah, I think we should be celebrating then no major injuries last night. Yep, and uh, the rumours are in the next collective bargaining agreement we're going to be losing a preseason game. So the years of uh, four preseason games is coming to an end very soon, which is good to see. There's rumours that they're going to add some more playoff teams as well. Woo! All right, Jack. Well, look, it was great to watch. It was great to have Browns on TV. One more week until we got the 53-man roster cut down. And I think next game's on Thursday night for us. I think so. Um, I, I who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I just I I'll find out the day before, and I'll decide whether I watch it or not. I certainly won't be watching it on the fourth preseason. Right, Jack. Well, look, it's great speaking to you. Uh, I'm off now to a wedding. And uh, what time's uh, Chelsea playing tonight? Chelsea's got the early kickoff. We're away at Norwich, twelve thirty. So uh, no, gonna go up there and uh, spank him. Yep, the Browns are playing the Lions on Thursday night, so uh, that'd be good for us. All right, Jack, have a great day. As they say in Greece, adios, and I'll speak to you soon. Have a good one, buddy. Good night.